Hello friends, welcome to episode 2.15 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. I am Catherine White and I am back this week to catch up with you um, based on my last episode and what I shared with you about a cancer recurrence that I had and how I was managing it. So today what I want to do is talk about the concept of living with cancer and how cancer can be viewed as a chronic illness because this is how I manage my life and it might resonate with you too. So stay with me to explore this idea of living with cancer. Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Catherine White, a stage four colon cancer thriver, passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer, and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. All right. The last time that we talked, I was sharing with you that I had been um, given a notification, as I might call it, that I was going back in for surgery, that they had found a spot on my left lung and that the plan going forward was to get it out, get it done and get me back home. And um, ideally, they had actually hoped that I would be in surgery and back home on the same day. Um, but that didn't quite happen. Not because anything went wrong. It actually all went really well. Everything went smoothly. Um, you know, we got in there and did all of the prep stuff. I said goodbye to my husband. They took me into surgery. And I came out, and the next thing I knew, I was in the recovery room. But I want to share a little something that happened when I was in the recovery room that completely blew my mind. And then I'm going to come back and, and backtrack on a few other things that have happened since. So when I was in recovery, um, if you've had surgery, you know, like you're groggy, you're in and out. My husband told me the other day that he and I actually chatted on the phone because he couldn't come in to see me. And I didn't even remember that. Like, you know, that state where nothing is really clear, but you maybe sort of remember a few things. But there's one thing that I really, really remember that has had a huge impact on me moving forward from this surgery. So just to backtrack to 2020 for a moment, um, my brother decided in March of 2020 that he was no longer able to walk with us on this earth and he decided to um, end his pain in his own way. And that was really difficult, obviously. That was something that was very challenging at a time when the world was already starting to get a little bit crazy and it just it just was very overwhelming and a lot and I'm not really convinced that I had actually processed the whole thing completely but that is a whole other podcast. So as I have been moving through this healing about my brother, I have been seeing my amazing Reiki practitioner who from time to time has messages come through from um, people that she can deliver as she has you on the table. So I was visiting her one day having a session 
and I felt all this really crazy movement in my abdomen. Like I know some of you are thinking this is woo-woo, but just stay with me here. I felt all of this crazy movement in my abdomen. I didn't know what was going on. It was like this flurry of activity happening in like my sacral chakra area, my solar plexus area. And um, I just sort of put that aside and allowed myself to move through the rest of the, the Reiki treatment. And when I finished, my um, practitioner, my healer, and I had a conversation and she was like, so anything you want to share? And I was like, yeah, I had this weird thing happening in my abdomen. I don't understand. And that's when she shared with me that she had had this image come up of a white seal, like a baby seal, and that it was diving and swimming and splashing around in the water. And I was like, oh my God. When my brother was um, young, I remember he had this stuffed white baby seal, stuffed animal in his room. And um, she then said to me that this was not a coincidence because as she was doing the treatment on me, she heard my brother say to her to pass on to me that everything was okay, that he was fine, and that he just wanted me to be happy and to be healthy. So that all seems a little bit um, woo-woo, like I said, maybe to some of you, but I truly believe, because it's not the only time that this has happened, that, that my brother was coming through and speaking to me and just letting me know that he was okay and that I was going to be okay. Now, I'm not telling you this just out of the blue. I'm telling you this because I want to take you back to the recovery room with me. When I woke up to a point where I was a little bit more coherent, I looked up and across the room through a doorway was the, the recovery room for pediatrics and painted on the wall, literally right in front of me was a white baby seal with its flipper waved and raised and waving. And I just was completely taken aback, completely blown away. And I believe in my heart, and this is part of my healing process, that um, that was not a coincidence that my brother was there with me in this recovery, seeing me through the surgery, and that he was watching over me, as my big brother always did, to make sure that I was okay. So that was a lot, but it has helped me to really be calm in this moving forward in my post-surgical state, to know that I was surrounded by love, to know that I was being held by my brother. The surgical team was amazing. They held me also, took very good care of me. The um, nurses afterwards, everyone was really wonderful. And But just that whole peace and recovery really set the tone for me moving forward that I was safe and that I was okay, and that I could do this, and that I was loved and supported. So they got me up to my room, and um, it wasn't the best hospital experience I've ever had, but it had nothing to do with the care. Sometimes we get roommates that um, are a little bit more challenging, let's just call it, but we navigated that. My husband brought me all my own food. I didn't have one piece of hospital food. Um, he was there all day, every day, making sure that I was okay. The nursing staff was attentive and took good care of me. And um, I finally was able to get out of the hospital the second day. I did have to stay overnight and come home. And that was really the beginning of me leaning into getting my life back 
underway and moving through the healing process. So I've been taking really good care of myself um, and really going through this a little bit more slowly than I usually have and giving myself a lot of permission and room to heal. But I want to back up for a second to talk about the conversation I had mentioned in the last podcast about how the news was delivered to me. Because this has also been part of my healing process post-surgery. So I met with my oncologist, who I love very much, prior to my surgery. And we had a conversation about what was happening in my body. But I also felt confident enough to be able to address with him how the news was delivered to me. And in fact, he apologized for the fact that it wasn't him who had delivered the news and that this very eager resident wanted to learn and wanted to be helpful and wanted to take some things off the oncologist's plate. And so he made the phone call without really understanding, and this is an interesting thing that my oncologist said, without really understanding that I am a veteran of this process, that stage four colon cancer patients eight and a half years out are not particularly common. And so to have a reoccurrence at this stage of my cancer story really requires a different type of handling, is what he said. It's, it's different than when you get the news initially. It's different when you're kind of still in the, in the mix of things. And I've had some recurrences prior to five years out, you know, that magic five-year number. And so each of those deliveries is delivered in a way of the person who is still in the cancer process. But this time around, I was five years out. And to deliver the news to someone who has had now my sixth surgery, 12 rounds of chemotherapy, repeated CT scans, MRIs, PET scans, ultrasounds, all of those things, my brain and how I am living with cancer is different. And therefore, it requires a different type of language, a different delivery, a different understanding of the patient actually, because I get what this whole process looks like from day one of them, you know, dropping the cancer word on the table to eight and a half years later of them dropping the cancer word on the table. And so we had this great conversation around being this far into living with cancer and what that looks like and what the kind of care looks like for someone who is, as I said, a veteran of the process, who has seen it and and knows it. And because I'm working in it also, I'm seeing other people in other stages and places and the language that they require. Now, I did say to my oncologist that, um, you know, I used to be a teacher and I understand that learning is part of the process. And I just asked him, and he was already prepared to do it, to just, you know, guide his his mentee through the process and explain all of these things. I wasn't angry. I had forgiven and moved on past anger. But that I really wanted this um, up-and-coming doctor to understand that how you speak to people is really important. And delivery is really important. And holding space for someone to give them time to process at whatever stage of the their cancer story they are at is really important. And so I know I trust that he is going to have that conversation and it's a good learning opportunity 
for that young man. And I think that we will just leave it at that. But just before <laughs> I walk away from the oncologist conversation, I want to share also that he knows what I do. He knows that I am a cancer coach. He knows that I work with women who have cancer or other chronic illnesses. And what he said to me was, he's so happy and grateful that I am doing this work because the medical world is so busy doing the medical things that they just don't have time to take care of the emotional needs of the patient. I want to say that again. The medical world is so busy taking care of the medical pieces that they just don't have time to take care of the emotional needs of the patient. And so he acknowledged that me coaching and me running my program and me working with people like you is a missing piece and is so important to your health and well-being if you have received a diagnosis. So I'm just really happy to know that there is value from the view of the medical world in having a more holistic approach to our healing processes. And I gave him my business card and asked him, um, you know, to maybe share that around if he wanted to. And, and I thanked him truly and deeply for acknowledging us, for acknowledging those of us that are on the other side of the system that need the kind of support that, as he said, the medical world just doesn't have time for. I am going to take that as a win, my friends. Next follow-up, I also shared with you in my last episode that I had had a mammogram and that I completely lost my mind in the room because of the whole we need to take more pictures thing. Just very quickly sharing with you that my mammogram was clear and so everything is good. Igor is out of my lung. My mammogram was good. I am moving forward. I do have a colonoscopy in October. This is part of living with cancer. I am still in the loop. I am still in the monitoring loop. And in fact, I already have a CT scan book for January. So this moves so nicely into what I actually want to talk with you about today, which is this whole living with cancer. So in my healing process after this surgery, I've been doing a lot of mindset work, really digging into my brain and listening to the things that it's saying to me, telling it that I am okay, reminding it that I can heal my own body with healthy eating and healthy movement and by believing in myself. I've really been doing a lot of self-talk over the last few weeks because I've had some pain. It's been, you know, difficult. My ribs are sore. I've still got stitches that come out tomorrow. There's a lot of pieces that are still in this process, even though I have been through it before, that I still have to coach myself through and remind myself that this is life with cancer. So this whole idea of life with cancer was not part of my world until I had um, a small recurrence in 2017. So my husband and I were actually planning on going on a vacation with some friends down to their condo in um, the Bahamas and we were super excited. It was going to be a, a super great warm vacation, lots of fun. And we were at the mall just doing some shopping, sort of getting ready for that when my phone rang and I saw that it was from my one of my doctors, my internist, 
And so I took the call a little bit confused because we already knew that I had this spot. We already had a plan. There was surgery all, you know, set up and ready to go. So I didn't understand why she was calling me. So I, I answered with curiosity and she was so wonderful. She led with um, expressing how deeply sorry she was that I was going through this again, that that must be very troubling for my husband and my sons and I, and that she wanted to share an idea with me that might make this whole process just a little bit easier. And that's when she talked to me about the idea of living with cancer. So living with cancer is a mindset. Living with cancer is wrapping your brain around the idea that even though you may not have an active cancer happening at that moment, and you may be completely in remission or no evidence of disease or whatever you want to call it, and I've been in those places and believed that I was in that spot of no evidence of disease, but still practicing living with cancer, it's this idea that even if it's not on the forefront of your medical file of your life, you are always living with the fallout of this. You know, there's, you know, science on PTSD is related to even just receiving the diagnosis. You're always living with this lingering thought of cancer in your mind. So rather than having it be a negative experience and rather than allowing the, um, the roller coaster of some days you're feeling okay and then sometimes you're not feeling okay and sometimes the fearful thoughts are coming up and sometimes you're on the nice and steady and you're not even thinking about it rather than having that roller coaster it's creating this very linear continuum of living day to day with it in the background but as a reminder that there are things you can do to take care of your health. And so she compared it to this idea of someone who has diabetes, diabetes being a chronic illness, right? She said that a diabetic is always continuously aware of their health and their wellness. They need to be mindful of what they're eating. They need to be mindful of their blood sugar levels. They need to be mindful of duration between eating, the types of foods they're eating, exercise and movement. They need to be monitoring their body. Like all of these things that they do every single day as part of their lifestyle and wellness plan. And so she said, if you could look at cancer as a chronic illness like a diabetic does, it will level out that roller coaster and it will become more of a lifestyle than moving from crisis to crisis. It will create the opportunity to reinvent yourself to change some of the habits that you have in your life, perhaps to bring in new habits, to create a healthy environment in your body and your mind and your spirit that will allow you to live your life to the fullest. And I was like, oh my God, that is profound. That has taken so much of the weight off of my shoulders of what should I be doing and how should I be doing it and maybe this time and maybe this time and oh my God, that scan was clear and what if the next one isn't? Like all of these worries and fears surrounding a cancer diagnosis has now been leveled out for me and this is what I want for you too is that you can level it out and say every day when I get up, 
I am going to do everything I can to take care of myself. When I look at my scars that are all over my torso and now all over my back, I don't loathe them. I don't resent them. I don't look at them and think that I am ugly or mutilated. I look at those scars and I am grateful that they are there because they remind me every single day not to get complacent or lazy, that I always have work to do, that this is my life with cancer and I can do this. Those scars are very visible to me in a way that serves me. And that's how I've reframed them also, because I know there's a lot of trauma and a lot of pain around, you know, the change in the body and tightness that scars can bring and the discomfort and just even, you know, when they have taken pieces and you are left looking at yourself not as, as necessarily a whole person anymore, there is trauma in that. But if you can just maybe, as a part of this whole living with peace, allow yourself to be supported by what you have been through in a way that takes your life to the next level, that allows your life to become life with as opposed to fighting against cancer. You don't have to fight you don't have to wake up every day and living in this fear of maybe today or what if and, and I don't know and I can't see it so therefore maybe it's happening. Like you don't have to live like that when you know how to live with cancer or live with another chronic illness when you can make it manageable in bite-sized pieces and when you have the tools and the skills that will help you to create the life you want to have right now because we can't worry about the future. We know that the future is there and we think about the future, right? I know in your mind, if you have upcoming things or, or if you're a care partner to someone and they have upcoming things, the, th the narratives come in, I get it. But truly right now is where your life is. And if you allow your brain to go to the what ifs of the future, you're missing right now. And that's part of living with cancer is being so present in your life right now, releasing the control that that disease could have over you and instead you being in control of your life, of reclaiming your life and transforming your health. And that's what I have been doing, this has been my healing since 2015, even when I didn't know it. And this is part of, this is, it's not even part of, this is what I do with my clients, is teach them about living with cancer and provide them with the tools and the strategies that they can use in their own life to make it just a little bit easier. That is living with cancer. So I hope that this has been helpful to you, that it has helped you to even just to start thinking about this idea of living with cancer, to start thinking of this idea of not allowing it to control your life, of you taking back some control 
and of you being able to move forward in your life in a way that feels better for you. I have taken everything that I have learned in my own body and mind and spirit, and I have turned it into a program that I offer to other people. And one of the things that I offer is my online workshop, my three strategies to transform your life with chronic illness. And as we know, cancer can be considered a chronic illness. So whether you have cancer or whether you have another chronic illness, I'm inviting you to join me on Thursday, September the 14th at 12 o'clock Eastern to join me in my three strategies to transform your life with chronic illness workshop. We're going to spend an hour looking at the three strategies that you need to be practicing to reclaim your life and transform your health. This, as I said, is the process that I've been living for the last eight years and the process that has helped me to get back on track after this most recent surgery. In this exploration of living with cancer or another chronic illness, I'm going to be talking about supporting your body, managing your stress, and why taking care of yourself is so important to your healing process. You don't have to allow a diagnosis to control your life. There are things that you can do to start supporting yourself, and I'm excited to share them with you in this workshop. And I do want to share with you that this is the last time that I'm going to be offering this online workshop until the new year, until February. So if you want to learn now more about how you can live with cancer and how you can transform your life with chronic illness, I invite you to join me Thursday, September the 14th at 12 p.m. Eastern. Put that on your calendar, head over to the show notes, register yourself for this masterclass for one hour Join me and let's talk about creating a life with cancer through transforming your life with the strategies that I want to share with you. And friends, if you've enjoyed this or other episodes, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review wherever you are listening to this episode. And in fact, even if this episode has resonated with you and you think it could help someone else, send it to them in a text message or a DM. I know people love to receive recommendations for podcasts and someone who is living with cancer or chronic illness can always use an extra little bit of support. So send this their way and hopefully they will take a listen. When you share, this helps me to reach more people like you who are looking for support and guidance and a different way to live with a diagnosis. So hit subscribe, have this drop into your podcast platform every other Tuesday and make sure that you follow the podcast so that you can gather the tools and strategies that you can bring into your thriving life. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day and may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart and thrive in all